Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me here as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there, he's got great hair, it's Luke Bly, Master Blywalker, how are you sir? Oi oi, Savaloo, yes mate, I'm all good, I'm all good, you know, another week another week of star wars films and i'm i'm fine with that i'm here for that you know that is the beauty of uh, modern star wars i suppose is you know we're we're living through book of boba fett right now and in a few months time you know we've got kenobi and then andor it's just i don't know mate it's just we're living just in a parallel universe i swear it's crazy privileged mate privileged we're, we're living the good life put it like that and uh, head on over to starwarsessions.co.uk where we drop some exclusive details about kenobi and andor specifically about the tone and the direction of those shows suffice for me to say i heard about them we heard about them and i was very 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 excited to to, to hear to learn these uh learn these uh, tidbits and I cannot wait. These naughty little morsels, when we see them live, my friend, on Disney Plus in the next few months, yeah. hype levels have gone from 100% to un- unattainable 1,000%. And that's an exclusive, isn't it? Like, we yes, pretty much, yeah, we're, we've reported on that exclusively. And yeah, that was fun. That was fun to do. Yeah. So if you want to know more, stylesessions.co.uk. There we go. That's the filth, I suppose. But yeah. it's been a busy one, isn't it, mate? You know, actually, do you know what? I've not even asked. How are you? You all right? You uh, good? Oh, mate. Who cares about me when there's Star Wars? No, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, good man. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy to talk some Star Wars again this week. It's been a nice weekend with the family. Uh, was it a kid's party yesterday um, with Olivia? I didn't just turn up by myself. <laughs> oh, free cake. I, let, I said, don't mind if I do. So, you, saw, you saw a party with cake, like, over the I saw an Ian and, and I was like, oi, <laughs> No, nah. <laughs> all I've got to do is the macarena to blend in. But um, yeah, but that was that was fun. Um, so family weekend, really enjoyed that. Uh, I've been catching up with Resistance, been um, oh. diving into some more Star Wars filth over the weekend, as we do here. Uh, yes. And we had our watch along on Friday night, The Phantom Menace, which was a blast, wasn't it, mate? Oh, man, that was great fun. That was great fun. All the patrons hopped onto Zoom and we watched Phantom Menace and we laughed. We cried, <laughs> yeah. we cried and we cried a bit more. It everyone, was, uh, everyone was on the booze apart from me and Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about right, actually, isn't it? That is about right. Yeah, oh, well, you know, someone's got to be the responsible mum and dad, you know. That's so right. We were steering the Falcon, so come on. That's it. That's it. But what else in Sessions News? Well, Book of Boba Fett recap. We are still doing those, if you hadn't noticed. Uh, we're <laughs> dropping those every Wednesday afternoon. If you've not listened to the Chapter 4 recap, it's juicy. It's good. Mm. Listen to it after this episode. But also, 
there will be another recap coming this week on Wednesday. So that's going to be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Again, it's like that feeling of, oh man, Wednesday. It's just around the corner. We're going to be watching some new Star Wars. That Wednesday slot, mate, is growing on me. I can't lie. I can't lie. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy it more and more now, but I'm just, I just like the fact that every week, other than the sessions, of course, we've got something new in Star Wars to look forward to. And we've had that last mm. year, I know, with Bad Batch and Mando. Mm. But, you know, with this new Wednesday slot we're getting with Boba Fett, plus all the shows we've mentioned coming up and season two of The Bad Batch, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. And this is great to have something new to look forward to each week. And, I, and like Luke said, our recaps drop on a Wednesday afternoon. They're spoiler heavy. We go for about an hour. So it's, you know, it's jam-packed with our thoughts. So do check those out. Uh, and whilst you're at it, if you're listening on Spotify, please do drop us a five-star ratings if you're using the app. Right at the top, you'll see the ratings. Click on that, drop five stars. It takes three seconds to do. Thank you so much to everybody who has done that so far. We really, really appreciate uh, your help and your support there. Uh, yeah. Because those ratings, as you well know, they help uh, They help the show grow. You know, they get us up the algorithm. They get more listeners in. And more listeners means the chance to listen to you guys talking about Star Wars each and every week. We say that every week because we mean it. So thank you, everyone, for dropping those Spotify ratings. It's been lovely seeing those ratings come in. And Apple reviews, too. But the Spotify ratings have just, like poured in and it's been just really pleasant to see that love um for us it's really encouraging isn't it i mean we adore doing this anyway but just seeing that love come through so quickly too because those ratings haven't been there for long and i think we're on like 91 at the moment so to see that oh man honestly it just brings joy to mine and mayboy's little geeky heart so Thank you so much. But we got some other news, haven't we, Matty Boy? Oh, yes. Like cheeky, spicy, naughty news. It's filthy news. So we've gone from our Book of Boba Fett HQ. We're heading over to Patreon HQ. Lukey Boy, we have a new patron. Yes, massive shout out to our latest patron, Chris, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Kenobi, who's joined at the high ground tier yes what a sickhead welcome to the session sickheads chris you naughty boy yes you feel back enjoy the smoke that we put up we've got two jibber jabbers this month we're going to get a journal we're going to get all the usual filth chris we know you were there at the watch along so thank you so much for signing up and immediately joining in with the watch along we really really appreciate support and we hope you enjoy the content past present and future my friend Yes, absolutely. Thanks again, Chris, for all the support. Every patron means the world to us. And it just ensures that we're going to be, you know, slapping out this cheeky content for the future. So, mate, I am so excited to crack on with this show. It is going to be a crazy one. I don't even think our listeners are ready for it, honestly. I don't know. But, yeah, let's let's wait and see what happens there. Talking about them, I don't know if I'm ready for it, mate. But before we before we even get to there, to give me a chance to prepare, thankfully the chimes of Big Ben Kenobi have been blasting out in the background, which you and I know means only one thing. It must mean, mate, boy. It must mean it's the Galactic News Round. According to the latest issue of Star Wars Insider, The Bad Batch Season 2 will release this spring. UK-based retailer Game appears to have leaked the release date for the Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. 
According to the retailer, the game will be released on April the 5th, 2022. And Claudia Gray has described Phase 2 of The High Republic as different. The author says fans are really going to enjoy the adventure and will learn a lot that is going to be very vital in Phase 3. Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall, the voice of Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Empire strikes back. The Star Wars saga continues. The Rebels are there. I'm sure Skywalker's with me. He will join us or die. The Rebel forces battle the Empire and Darth Vader. Join me. Don't make me destroy you. The Empire Strikes Back. Rated PG. Coming to your galaxy Wednesday, May 21st. Everyone knows The Empire Strikes Back is a bona fide cinematic classic. It's always lauded as one of the greatest films of all time. Uh, and, and in terms of the Star Wars franchise, many fans, many listeners of the show, and many pundits and critics alike will put it as the, the number one of the entire franchise. So it goes about saying that, obviously, back in 1980, everybody loved it. People couldn't wait to watch it. And when they came out, the fans and critics, they adored it. They reveled in the success. They lapped up The Empire Strikes Back. Well, I think you all know how it went. Me and Luke knows how it went. And in this world that we live in where, you know, the Star Wars fans and fandom in general is kind of always seems to be divided in I loved it or I hated it. This conversation seemed fairly apt and fairly relevant and vital to be having at this moment. The Empire Strikes Back, when it was released in 1980, was not received as well as you would be led to believe. Critics now love it back then. Not so much. Lukey boy, mm. you know you know that, I know that, the f- listeners know that. With what you know about The Empire Strikes Back, mate, can you fathom just like th- it coming out in 1980 and people saying, yeah, this isn't that all that good. This isn't all it's cracked up to be. Mm. Well, in truth, I think I can. And mm-hmm. I think, if anything, our generation can imagine this easier than others, um, especially yeah. if you're trying to be kind of... Um, objective about it you know basically i think we're we're used to people tearing stuff apart as soon as things come out right (laughs) especially with the internet it's just like an echo chamber of negativity sometimes and 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 actually that can be a good thing right that can Mm -hmm. be a good thing but a lot of the time or maybe i'm generalizing a little bit from a certain point of view a lot of the time it's not a good thing. It can just be a cesspit of <laughs> horribleness. <laughs> and yes. that's, that's the only way you can put it. So I can imagine it, mate, because mm-hmm. I do wonder sometimes. I think, oh, man, if Empire came out today, how would people react to it? Because what we what we have to try and imagine here, and and this is what Matty Boy and I are doing. We're we're we're, tr- we're looking back at this topic really as historians, right, Matty Boy? We got. Our, we got our history hats on, history caps and on, our, and our history lightsabers, and we're mm. we're we're going around the place chopping up the library. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, I think when you when when you try and imagine the 
Star Wars, you know, the original 77 film, what we now know as A New Hope, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, at the time was really the most successful film of all time. It was. Not... Not just financially, but but for for the fans, for for the audiences too. You know, people <laughs> adored this film, particularly particularly the American people, um, and a lot of the Anglosphere and beyond that too. But when you look at that, you know, this film changed so much about cinema, culture. It changed toys. It changed storytelling. Of mm-hmm. that time, it, it, it was it, it was so significant, so significant that how could a sequel succeed? Right? How could a sequel do it? Because do do people? I mean, I think that about films that I love today. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're making a sequel, rarely, Matty Boy, rarely is a sequel as good as the original. I mean, you talk to us about that because again, you're the film geek here, mate. It's, well, it's it's the cliche, isn't it? But it's true. I mean, you can have sequels that stack up to their predecessor, but it's very rare, and it and it, and it is. There will always be those out there who can give examples, like the obvious examples. But even then, it's subjective. People will say, "What about Terminator Two? What about Aliens? The obvious ones." But there will be people who they, people flip flop. I flip flop weekly on which one of those two I think is actually the better in terms of their franchises and there are other films and other genres that have that same issue there's not often do you get a a sequel that transcends the original and it was Mm. a hard task Mm. for the empire strikes back you were spot on with a new hope sorry when star wars came out on may the 25th 1977 it was you know it's kind of like your bc ad or bby aby in star wars terms you know you had cinema pre star wars and cinema post star wars because everything changed i've i've read quotes from many directors of whom i respect very much like billy Friedkin, who released sorcerer which was a wonderful film sorcerer is fantastic in any other year would be lauded he released it i think the week before the week about those within a week or two of star wars coming out and it's just sunk the film without a trace until recently when it's been rediscovered because nothing in that time had a chance that nobody thought star wars would be a big juggernaut but then as soon as it came out yeah started making the money people realized oh no my film's coming out within a week of this or two weeks we're we're sunk and star wars it made 307 million dollars in its domestic run in 1977 adjusted for inflation do you know what i've no idea what that is but you can probably triple that it's probably at least 800 million um in adjusted for inflation that's just and that is just the money side of it george lucas was very hands-on in empire and he took he almost became an independent film which he financed um but like you said the critics for the most part loved a new hope the fans we know they loved it it changed toy lines it changed attitudes towards a genre it changed the concept of cinema because blockbusters now you know beginning with jaws and then star wars took it and ran with it blockbusters were a thing now in in cinema technically it changed things uh visual effects sound effects i mean this isn't news to anyone but it bears repeating sometimes just so we know what we're dealing with here a new hope Star Wars opened every single door for cinema at the time. Yeah. So, and also let's not forget that a new hope in itself was very much a contained story. When you think about a start, middle and end, it ends with the good guys taking down a bad guy spoilers. They blow up the death star and they get their medals. So a sequel yep. wasn't necessarily there for the taking, but we know obviously we got one, the studio sees the money, 
nothing changed then to how it is now something makes money let's make more the empire strikes back from that side of it from 1980 uh it was almost on a hiding to nothing. It came out on May the 21st, 1980. And when I say hiding to nothing, I mean, you know, it, it had to be transcendent almost in order to mm. top a new hope, mate. Yeah, exactly. And you're, you're saying some, you know, perfect things, especially when you're talking about Jaws and, you know, the, the birth of the blockbuster. That is something we take for granted now. In 2022, you know, we're getting Star Wars TV shows, Marvel TV shows, Marvel films, Star Wars films, DC mm-hmm. films, these these huge IPs, conglomerates. I mean, there are anime films in the cinema nowadays. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's in, in the UK, in the US, and they're doing well. Yeah. You know, in our lives um since like the 90s really there's been a change in attitude i think towards popular culture too you know star wars was that thing that one-off event people would go to the cinema to see and that was it people stopped caring about it and if you cared about it you were a geek you were a nerd you were kind of an outcast and yet now it's totally different. Do you know what I mean? You've got football (laughs) players doing celebrations, referring to pop culture. You've got, it's just, you're kind of the unusual one. If you're not keeping up with pop culture, if you're not going to see a Marvel, if you've not seen the Mandalorian, if you're not watching the hottest new Netflix show, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's changed. Did you see the U S ice hockey national team recently? Their, their jerseys have got, Mark Luke, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber on. That's just what's on their jersey. No. It takes up the whole thing. And Mark Hamill was like, oh, that's this sick. is the closest I'll get to being in a hockey team. But, but I know obviously stateside, it's always been a big thing. But like you say, the, zeit- it, the zeitgeist is now that you can have a Star Wars figure, uh, person, yeah. or a character yeah. on your hockey jersey. And it's, it's celebrated. It's, this is cool. You know, like you say, yeah. where it, it wasn't. And Mark Hamill has been at the forefront of, you know, he he often gets parents of kids saying that my my young girl was at school and she wore a Star Wars backpack and she was told this wasn't for girls, it's for boys. And Mark Hamill's always been an advocate that you know Star Wars is for everyone mm, uh, mm, and vice versa mm. as well with boys and that. So it's you're, you're spot on, my friend. Is back in back in that in 1980, it was a different culture as well compared to how it is yeah. now with geek culture, bro. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. So it. It was going to take a huge film to do well, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. for for people to love this. And and bear in mind as well, we're still at a time where critics and fans can think different things sometimes. And wow, do we see that nowadays? You know, I, <laughs> you know, just having a browse on Rotten Tomatoes sometimes. I, again, you know all about that, mate. Because mm-hmm. you're one of them, aren't you? You're. I'm one of what? the. I'm on the dark side. Are you on the critic side when yes. that's mad? So you contribute to what's on the left as opposed to the audience. I score. contribute to what everybody gets really annoyed about irrationally <laughs> online. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you well, mean, I, Matt? What do you mean online? Everyone on the internet. Online? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's my, my bad. It never happens, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm on the left-hand side of that, um, of, of that figure. So imagine it's 1980 and you're queuing up for The Empire Strikes Back. Mate, how do you think people are feeling on that night? You've got to imagine that people were excited because, like we say, it changed the landscape. It brought in a new section of fans. It introduced a new section of culture. 
So you have to imagine that back in 1980, outside of all the cinemas and the theatres across the world, people were excited for The Empire Strikes Back. I think this is going to be as big as Star Wars. Bigger! Oh, yeah, bigger, bigger, yeah. bigger! Bigger! And yet a lot of the critics are panning it. Well, what do they know? <laughs> the first camper arrived at the Cinerama on University <laughs> Avenue shortly after noon on Tuesday. By nine at night, the line encompassed several dozen people. The all-night vigil ends Wednesday morning at 11, when these people finally get to buy tickets to the first showing of The Empire Strikes Back. Are you going to be missing any classes by being out here? Yes. <laughs> that doesn't bother you? No. The Empire is worth it, huh? Right, right. What are you expecting from this one that Star Wars didn't give you? Uh, build on the character, build on the characterizations, hopefully. Are you excited about seeing the new Star Wars movie? Yeah, I like the first one a lot, and I think the second one will be just as good. I've been waiting all year, and I'm going to be going again. I'll go see it, my kids will go see it, and I'll go with them, and I'll probably sneak in again on my own. I want to see it bad, but I don't know when it's going to come around the Chicago city. When Star Wars premiered at the Valley Circle Theater a couple of years ago, it had a run of 15 months. The manager of the Cinerama expects Empire to make it through Christmas at least. Most of these people think it'll be going strong much longer than that. When they get to the ticket window, it'll be a bargain compared to other theaters in Southern California. Seats are $4 each here. Hundreds waiting in line in Los Angeles will pay $5.50 a ticket. Wow, what an ending! Who'd have thought Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father? Ah, oh, thank you! Oh, thank you, Mr. Blow the Picture for me! That's <laughs> <laughs> include that one. That's include that one, right, Matty boy? That to, of course. That to be done. Mm. Every time I think Empire, that's what I think about. And my old man actually said about, he said it, he said, oh, it reminds him of that moment in The Simpsons when Homer comes out and just blows one of the biggest cinematic reveals of all time then and still now just casually says it and uh classic homer simpson but uh, opening reactions there mate people skipping school people skipping work people wanting greater development of character people were excited the fans outside were excited critics what do they know nothing's changed there either mate mm. the the attitude was one of excitement i get hype yeah yeah it was it was and you can feel it from the audio that is ah, and these were people that were like this this was this was the birth of just pure geeky pop culture yeah. right when you think when you hear about people queuing up around the blocks in the states to watch this film and just this kind of following this cult following this 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 space opera had gained it's just it was it's unprecedented really isn't it and i don't know just going back and listening to these these clips it's not crazy different to what we do. You know, I just think <laughs> back of, I think back to when, uh, me and Isaac, you know, were <laughs> sleeping on the floor at the Excel center for Star Wars Celebration 2016 to get our, to get into the Rogue One panel. And then we got into the Mark Hamill panel and man, but the excitement of that is just half the fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, yes, it does look a bit crazy from an outsider's perspective, but hey, it was worth it. So, 
Yeah, that's but it, it's man. Great, it's, it's, great to, it's great to see from that perspective, not much has changed. It's interesting now what you're saying, right, with the division between fans and or, or general audience and, and critics. And I, I love that comment you know, that that guy said at the start. He's like, oh, well, what do they know? You know, that <laughs> kind so of dismissive. That attitude is just, it's actually quite nice. And yes. I wish maybe people were a bit more like that nowadays. We'll say that. I will say that because there is a tendency maybe to take things as gospel, things that are just said on the internet because some dude has a YouTube channel and he says, oh, this, this, and this, and this. And you're like, well, I'm going to believe him because I have an affinity to this person and I subscribe to them. You know, I don't think that existed. Well, it didn't at all, really, back in 1980, especially. You know, you were left to make your own mind up. And I liked that. I liked that attitude. Yeah, if if I believed everything I heard on the internet, Hayden Christensen and Galen Starkiller would be running Lucasfilm, which obviously isn't the case. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you there, my friend, that if you like something, like it. Don't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what an aggregate says or what uh, anybody online says. If you like something, like these guys and girls were saying in the audience, basically, I'm here because I want to see it. I don't care what you know, someone says working for the Washington Post, the New York Times or whoever. So it's a very good attitude to have. And one which I agree with you, my friend, I do wish was the prevailing attitude nowadays. But sadly, it isn't. Uh, and I, I just wish it, it, it was so, even though I contribute to to the machine, I do wish that there was that kind of autonomy when it came to people's likes uh, and not feeling like they can't like something because the world says they shouldn't. So, but the Empire Strikes Back then, the fans went in and were very excited going in. Yeah. And they said, yeah, the critics, what do they know? Well, what the critics knew at the time was that they were very mixed on what they thought about the film. We thought we said up top that surely, you know, given all of the ingredients from a new hope and the, and the kind of riding the wave of this new culture and kind of goodwill almost towards the, the birth of star Wars and this new zeitgeist moment, surely they're going to ride mm. the wave and, you know, get some positive reviews, but no, the critics mate, they, they were not uh, particularly keen overall on the empire strikes back. It was, I wouldn't call in, in nowadays terms, I don't think it would have been classed as rotten under 50 odd percent, but well, I wouldn't say it'd be far off because I mean, we, I know you've gone through some, some of the reviews I have as well. And uh, majority of them aren't glowing. You know, it's mm. a kind of, we mentioned how many sequels surpass the original. Like they are, are they what they should grow beyond? But it's second movie syndrome as well. Was that, uh, you know, the last Jedi was blasted by fans, but critics loved it. Attack of the Clones was blasted by most people, except Empire Magazine, who originally gave it five stars and then and then uh, retreated a while ago and said, actually, no, it's only worth two or three stars now, which is poor form from them. But the difference there was A New Hope wasn't blasted by most people. The Phantom Menace wasn't. but uh, Sorry, not, The Force Awakens wasn't blasted, but The Phantom Menace was. So Attack of the Clones was coming off a derided film at the time, The Last Jedi, and Empire Strikes Back weren't, you know, they were having to build off the success of something else. And there were two varying successes, depending on who you asked. But um, and I also think that the reaction to the Empire Strikes Back was revisited after the release of Return of the Jedi. And I think it was uh, looked upon more kindly. But um, yeah, some of the reviews, though, coming out of 1980 were um, they were scathing. And it's funny to look back now because 
you and I and most people listening will all agree that The Empire Strikes Back, at worst, is very good. And at best, is a seminal moment in cinematic history. But not in, but back in 1980, not, not at all, mate. I mean, I've got a review here from Arthur Knight and The Hollywood Reporter. He said, Empire may not top Star Wars, but it certainly makes one look forward to whatever new surprises George Lucas and his band of cinematic wizards can conjure up. So he was excited for it. But then, oh, mate, it's most of the other reviews I've got are not good. I mean, yeah. What say you on that? Again, is is I know we're, we're putting our 1980 hats on, but it's also still yeah. hard to fathom that back it's, then it just wasn't appreciated. It's, it, well, it's to do with expectation, and I think mm-hmm. there's this. What I think it's this maybe misunderstanding from some people that a trilogy is a beginning, middle, and an end. So yep. the middle usually isn't where you're going to get your happy ending, you know? And I do think that affects some people. And I think that's what affected some people with the the last Jedi. You know, they came out of that, myself included. I came out of that, out of that film episode eight thinking, well, I'm not sure how I feel about that. And, as we've said, as we've labored so often in this podcast, I still feel not great about certain parts of the film, The mm-hmm. Last Jedi, uh, just like Rise of Skywalker. There's parts of that that I'm, I'm not a fan of. And yet there are other parts I think, no, I love that. The Last Jedi in particular, I've grown to adore so yeah. much of that film as it's matured, as I've maybe matured, as, as it's been able to sit with me a wee bit longer. Mm-hmm. But dude, there's still moments. I think it was only the other day we were saying we were like <laughs> putting something like oh, Knights of Ren. We last week we were talking about Knights of Ren. Last Jedi didn't even acknowledge their existence. Yeah, yeah. It's like what what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of how I feel. But it's nice to know that you know nowadays we get complaints about stupid stuff. And hey, listen, you know maybe. In a few years' time, Matty Boy and I will look back at some of the stuff we say and go, that's stupid. I can't believe I, I felt like that. I can't believe Probably. I believed that or whatever, right? And that's the thing with Star Wars is that it is it is just storytelling, you know? So you can change your mind on it, guys. Do you know what I mean? You can. You don't have to hold on to it like it's, you know, life or death because it's not that. But when you're getting pernickety and you're just like taking, ripping apart little details particularly in the newer films i just think are you are you here to have fun or are you not because in 1980 and it's kind of bittersweet it's kind of nice to know that people were kind of the same because i've got um a little excerpt here from starlog cool. magazine nice. in the september issue and someone is complaining about you know when um in empire they they fly the falcon into the asteroid right into the hole to to do to do repairs and whatnot okay so there's this person complaining about this and they go they explore the inside of the tunnel they are in walking around um outside they go out and investigate and they're wearing only oxygen masks no spacesuits wait a minute Right, hang on, hang on, mate. It gets better. Wait a minute. That asteroid isn't big enough to have a significant gravity well. This is real, guys. I'll bet you could reach escape velocity by firing double-barreled shotgun at the ground. And if the asteroid doesn't have gravity, then it can't hold blah-de-blah-de-blah-de-blah. It's so boring. Like that, I look at that comment. I go, "Are you joking?" That's what you took away. Like that—that's really bombs don't fall in space. 
<laughs> it's all that there kind of go. rubbish. D- Matt, it's the exact same. It's the exact same. That 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 example, what you've just said, is the exact same. So I just find complaining about that stuff, unless it's like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And I think if you're complaining about that kind of thing, you, you, you've lost the point. It's fantasy, guys. Are you joking? How can you be talking? How can you be talking about a gravitational pull when people are force pulling stuff? <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you, what are you on, mate? What are you going uh, on about? Like, come on. If it's story stuff, then, f- then whatever. Fair enough. Okay. And listen, not everything is going to be liked by everyone we get it you know space vespers matey boy we're looking uh-huh. at the vespers and we're going do you know what not a fan there's something in my gut i'm saying ah, i'm not a fan i don't feel like they belong between and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah now what's cool is on our zoom watch along we were talking a little bit about that after the film right we always do that we watch we watch the film all together then we stay on um, we, oh, I, yes. I usually say, oh yeah, I'll keep the Zoom going for another 10 minutes. We're usually on like another hour chat. Which we were. Which we were. And yeah, I think it was Andreas put on, uh, put up a really good argument for the, the, the space vespers and the colors and the, and the, and the mods in Book of Boba Fett and which is very topical right now. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's just stuff like that. So yeah, okay, fair enough. But making it like, I don't look at that and go, oh, it's ruined Book of Boba Fett for me. No. Do you know what I mean? But for some people it does. So it's kind of reassuring a little bit to know that people were just as dumb back then as they are now. Yeah, you <laughs> are just- spot on. Uh, I, no. I was thinking the same. I was like, is it, is it, is it right to say it's like somewhat comforting to know that people had these ridiculous takes back then or these stupid right. outlooks on it? But, and it, but it is, I mean, it's either way, no time for it. Um, and, and I, I mean, I read some more as well, which touch upon the same social issues that the films nowadays are trying so hard to remedy. People back, back, back in the eighties and seventies, but were also touching upon these very sensitive issues. So certain mm. things have always been plaguing the galaxy far, far away, whether that's mindless, foolish comments like you you shouldn't just be able to wear a a helmet inside the cavern of a a space slug in an asteroid come off it um to bombs in space but yeah it's funny how you see these kind of comments and listen if that's your opinion fair dues but like lukey boy said if it's a story-based opinion if it's a story but something that happens in a story or the writing or you know what that doesn't actually that wasn't the best storytelling uh device or frame whatever but when it comes to yeah, you know, being inside the belly of an exogorth on a asteroid and wondering about gravity pull, just just leave it out the door and just have fun. Just have fun, um, which is what a lot of the critics couldn't do. Which is uh, I find fa- fascinating. It's not just our stateside critics. It's w- over here in the United Kingdom. Richard Combs of the BF- BFI, Richard Combs, sorry, of the BFI, the British Film Institute. Uh, he wasn't particularly very keen on it. He said, with the revelation that Lucas has such a series of films in mind, even the genuinely fun elements of the first film, it's comic strict, um, eclecticism, got it second time round. It's movie serial dash and narrative tropes. This time are pedantically filled out and institutionalized much as the galactic landscape is biased effect effects technology. The defense that this is all good, clean fantasy closer to sword and sorcery than sci-fi is also scuttled by the imaginative shortcomings of the Yoda 
episode where Muppetry meets Lord of the Rings. So oh. Yoda, which oh, again, oh. nowadays, you know, is a, a beloved moment, a uh, film character and the wisdom he's imparted and just like the advancement in about to get, make you believe that Mark Hamill was talking to an actual real life being. Richard Combs of the BFI, they short imaginative shortcomings. So, you know, filling out part of the episode with a bloke talking to a Muppet. I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess in 1980, that would have been a departure. We've spoken about this on our actual OT discussion way back when. Yeah. It would yeah. have been a departure having a, a puppet take the place of a person for a long time. But it's interesting to see that, you know, that was one of the things people weren't so keen on. Um, and, and, and also saying that because Lucas has a vision now to expand this into a franchise and a series, that the Empire Strikes Back has become institutionalized. Uh, as has yeah. the landscape of the galaxy because it's effects driven you know that's up they've lost something along the way from a new hope to the empire strikes back yet empire was was bigger you know we all know that it's a bigger film in terms of its scope and its effects and like just look at the hoff scene for example i mean that's a big set piece and then you've got the atat slash attack walkers coming in and the effects to and the, to get those things off the ground and that's just that scene before we even get to the massive wonderfully shot lightsaber scene uh, at the end and you compare the two lightsaber battles from a new hope and empire and it's it's chalk and cheese we all yeah. love kenobi versus vader but it ain't a good looking fight especially now yeah. sadly and especially when you compare it to vader versus luke in the empire strikes back but yeah i mean even then back in 1980 the critics were saying were, were aware that george lucas wanted to stretch this out into uh, at least nine films and there was a worry that you know, could this be stretched out? Would it become institutionalized? Uh, and the imaginative shortcomings, would they come to the fore? And the BFI thought so, mate. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's hypercritical, isn't it? It's just mm-hmm. being critical for the sake of critical, I think. And, but that's the thing. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. And lo and behold, you know, 40 plus years later, there is nine Star Wars saga yeah. skywalker saga films there are the, you know there are two other spin-offs there's tv shows there's animation and you know i think the idea of kind of this massive conglomerate of films is um it's scary for some people especially back then and i i trying to look at it from that perspective i i i i suppose i can get it a little bit more because even today, some people just aren't a fan of that. They're just not a fan of that culture, are they? You know, we're hearing directors yep. nowadays. Who was it? Who was that bloke who was like, um, that bloke? I, I don't mean to sound disrespectful, although it does come <laughs> across as that. Uh, who was the gentleman who was putting down the Marvel films? Well, uh, which one? Last year. Martin Scorsese, Denis right, Villeneuve, yeah. Ridley Scott, uh, Jane Campion. Denis Villeneuve, that's a bit rich of him, isn't it? That Denis is Villeneuve. When Doom was coming out, uh, was was putting them down, despite the fact that half of his cast is filled by Marvel actors. Uh, and he's taking f- on a sci-fi and world a massive sci-fi world that is going to be an IP that it aims to be like an IP. That's yeah, going like, to be. Let's a not get it twisted. It was uh, the one you're talking about in terms of the last draw was Ridley Scott, uh, British director, very very famous. Oh, what was he saying about it? uh same as most people basically that they're just not very they're 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 not cinema or uh that they shouldn't be taking away screen time from more prestigious films as uh that sir ridley scott would be putting out and that kind of stuff that it's you they they usually what 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 we've noticed is again whether you like these films is irrelevant to anyone listening you know it's 
directors have got so it's always when there's something to plug uh, that these comments come out however it's also very bad journalism because the power of the dog came out last year fabulous film by jane campion rather than asking about the stellar turn by benedict cumberbatch or anyone like that they're saying oh what do you think about comic book films who cares I don't care mm. what Martin Scorsese thinks about comic book films or a Star Wars film. I care about the film he's talking about, the one he's spent two years making or a year making. But mm. um, yeah, the, the, these the, the film, even nowadays there is a snobbery attached to uh, when you look at the genre films like this or, or or the MCU, mate. And I think that's been more noticeable in recent history. I really think that. And um, yeah, it's, it, is, it is a shame because Star Wars is associated with that. Marvel's associated, like anything geeky, basically. It's like, oh, yeah, no, that's a load of rubbish. And yeah, it's it's cool that on one, like we were saying earlier, in general culture and with the general population, that's starting to change. But in other ways, it's it's not. And it's the same old, same old. You know, the critics just sometimes, they can't stand that something that's fun and and happy and brings out your inner child is 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 getting attention it's getting loved and i don't know just some people just want to complain some people are never happy and you know i don't know i don't know i i i i i get it but no <laughs> from yeah. my point of view no i'm good i'm from good. your certain that's point not, of view that's not where that's not where the criticism ends is it matty boy uh, no, my friend, but uh, just on that, I just wanted to shout out that the idea mm. of a film trilogy or a film series was fairly alien back in those days as well. There wasn't really such thing as a series of films. You had collections, you had sequels, but I mean, you, I mean, trilogies have been around since the, since the early days of, of film. Fritz Lang is known to have done the first trilogy, um, way back when. Uh, starting back at the Doctor Mabuse trilogy. But other than that, you don't really, through history up until the 70s, it wasn't that many examples of film series and film trilogies. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't, that wasn't the, uh, that wasn't the only uh, review or opinion that we got on The Empire Strikes Back. Mr. Simon, you described The Empire Strikes Back, the second in this trilogy, as malodorous awful, and I understand you're also well able to keep your enthusiasm in check for the third in the trilogy. Why so unkind? I feel they're so bad because they're completely dehumanizing. I th obviously, let's face it, they are for children or for childish adults. They're not for adult mentalities. It's like flesh and blood there. You have three lousy actors in the main roles who don't contribute much flesh and blood. You have ghastly dialogue, terrible plotting, miserable characterization, which also do not contribute flesh and blood. So what you're left with is something that Walt Disney could have done just as well with, with a drawing board and pencils and colors. Oof. mate say what you think john john simon there of abc news signing off man that's uh that's oh. scathing i think you'd call that a couple of interesting yeah. points in there later on about walt disney but uh basically characterization awful three awful actors it's for childish adults which oh, fair play maybe it is uh, it's just, just talking about all of us there but mm. hey look it's for adults who want to embrace uh what's good and fun in this world it's a wondrous thing so but yeah, John Simon, mate, that is uh, malodorous, he uses well. That was a very scathing review, and that was uh, like ABC News. And this is, again, this is a time when there wasn't such a thing as the internet. You all know that. It wasn't like you could go on and get anyone's opinion. Some people may have only been able to tune into ABC News, and this may be the only opinion or review yeah. that they hear for The Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. And again, that's a that's something that happens today, isn't it? That's something mm-hmm. that happens yep. today. Someone might listen. I kind of was, uh, alluding to this earlier that someone might just listen to one YouTube channel, one podcast. Yep. One. Well, you only need to listen to our podcast. Let's be honest. Exactly. Uh, I'm joking, but like, it's nice to get. Uh, it's nice to do your research, you know. And even maybe without that, go see the film. Make up your own mind. Hey, how about yep. that? That's 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 crazy. Uh, and I don't know, man. It's it's um, it this just seemed harsh. It just seemed o- overly harsh. And with that kids comment, that's always something that's bothered me. It's always something that's bothered me because there is a lot of layers to Star Wars. There's a lot of uh, story and nuance that isn't for children it just isn't you know it's it's it is more mature than that it's accessible for everyone and even you know george has gone on record and said well it's mostly you know i'm 12 years 12 year olds you know (laughs) yeah but he's he says all sorts of stuff like he's gone and redone his films like multiple (laughs) times 12 times he added mcclunky in He's. I don't think he's ever said, "Yeah, this is just for kids." I think he's even corrected that at some point. And even when things are just for kids, that's mm-hmm. not a reason to slate something. A no. film that I've seen. Um, it's an older film, like as in it's not old, old, but it's um, it's it's not new either. But a film that I've seen recently is Paddington. Yeah, oh, and it's it, it's really good, right? Yep. And I, I, I'd never seen that before, man. I was like. Thoroughly impressed by it. You want a like, film, a sequel that tops the original. We're talking Paddington one and two. Paddington one was delicious. Paddington two is even better. You're joking. No, I've not it, even seen the second one yet. Paddington three is coming out at some point, and they're saying, look, if this if Paddington three slaps, this could be one of the best trilogies of all time in terms of oh quality and consensus. Mate, I'm getting hyped. I can't even lie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go watch <laughs> number two. Sandwiches out. You know, I'm gonna go watch the second it, one now. It's great. It's great, mate. Oh man. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like just because something is, you know, kiddie or for yeah. kids, what like why would you slate it for that? It's dismissive, oh, two, isn't it? What are you talking about? Yeah. So <laughs> again, each to their own though, right? Because this film mm-hmm. didn't work for old John Simon, and that's fine. That's more than fine. Um, but it wasn't I'm glad it wasn't just negativity and even with the fans and with some of the written reviews, it wasn't just negative. There were some glowing reviews. And I know there's one guy who um, I haven't got it. Yeah, I haven't got it up in the moment, but I know there was one critic who said loads of people are raving about this film. I feel bad that I just don't love it as much as them. Now, that's something that I think a lot of people in modern Star Wars can relate to because we have had a lot of Star Wars content in the last few years. You're bound to not love something. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like the chance that just mathematically, if you're a Star Wars fan with all of this content coming out and bear this in mind for the, for this year too, guys, 2022. That's why I said that comment up top. We've got loads of stuff coming out. I'm excited for it. Chances are there's going to be a, bits of it. You're just really not going to like, yeah. you know, and it's more percentages and averages. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's, that's that anyway. Yeah, like you say, not everybody was against The Empire Strikes Back. It was surprising to look back and see how many weren't a fan of it or just weren't as sold on it as other people. But believe it or not, my friend, there were some people out there who did think this was worth watching. 
Your three-year wait is over, Star Wars fans. The Empire Strikes Back opens nationwide in two weeks. Here's the best news of all. The sequel is just as entertaining as the original Star Wars, the most popular movie of all time. All the old characters are back. There's simply more in them, more action, more gadgets, more characters, more robots, more special effects, and better special effects. So after suffering three years of Star Wars ripoffs and imitations, May 21st, we get the real McCoy, and it's something rare, a sequel that works. There we go, mate. Gene Siskel himself, most people know him, obviously, as one half of Siskel and Ebert, two of the greatest cinematic uh, minds, film critics there have, ever has been. Uh, but Gene Siskel, uh, they're pretty much saying everything about The Empire Strikes Back works. It takes what A New Hope did. And it doesn't. And Gene Siskel isn't saying a new hope. It is doing it better than because uh, a new hope wasn't as good. He's saying, oh, you know, the first the first film's good, but this one just expands and makes everything even better and bigger mm, and richer, mm, which mm-hmm. is fabulous. And at the end, there is a sequel that works. And it, like we said, it wasn't just negativity across the board. That was one of our positive uh, reviews, and I'm glad to say that it did come from. Gene Siskel, and in, in talking about the 1997 special edition, which I know is not what we're here to talk about, but Roger Ebert himself, the great Roger Ebert, said that you know it's it's a great film, and it still is even in 1997. So the great man himself was a fan. But uh, Gary Arnold in the Washington Post called Empire a thrilling, witty, and inventive continuation of Star Wars, but it introduces a more serious approach and springs an astonishing plot twist which promises to keep audiences buzzing and open up the story for deeper, dramatic exploitation. Surprises are in store, perhaps unwelcome if you hope for a strictly ingratiating uh, reprise of the original movie, but potentially electrifying if you care for a new departure. So Gary, Gary Arnold mentioning that plot twist there, but also saying, look, if you just want a rehash of the first film, yeah, you're not going to get it and you may be disappointed. If you want something new and fresh, then you're going to get it here and you're going to love it, potentially electrifying it yes. wasn't just negativity across the board, my man. Yes, absolutely. It's it's lovely to see that stuff. I love the comment that uh, Gene Siskel said as well about ripoffs and imitations yeah. of the original Star Wars. Like studios were rushing to make their Star Wars, including Disney, including <laughs> yeah. Disney, that made a film called "Is It the Black Hole?" Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, I think it's called that. I'm My doing this talking f- about that the other day. Yeah, I'm free. I, what was he saying about it? Just basically, yeah. He asked if I'd seen it, and I said no, I haven't. But I've heard about it because for that reason that you said, it's pretty much. It was I think it's 1979. I think it is the black hole. It's uh, directed by Gary Nelson. It is pretty much just a uh, another studio in this case Disney, a rip of Star Wars. You know, it's a sci-fi film and it has a bonkers ending, but. um it is that that is the one yeah that is the one do you remember going off topic slightly do you remember john carter like that was yes disney trying to do star wars again and it was like a few years after the prequels <laughs> that, that calmed down a little bit and i remember even their in their promotional material they were like this generation star wars dot 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 and it was like john carter it was like no 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 it just doesn't and go back to nemo mate go back to doing fish yeah, clear off, mate. Clear off. Yeah, but it's 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 great to see that, and it's it's lovely to see the positivity from from people because what this film has become, I think, is like what we were saying. It is a cult classic. It is something that people study 
in education when they're learning about cinema, when they're learning about film. And how yeah. cool is is it that that's our that's our franchise? Do you know what I mean? And I say this: if you're listening to a Star Wars podcast, likely it is you're you're a Star Wars fan or you're a fan of pop culture. And I always look at it like I, I use this analogy: like Star Wars to me feels like a team, you know. And I support this team, you know, like a sports team. And you love hearing about successes, you know, even with yourself, Mabel, you're a Southampton fan and you can look back at times where Southampton were, you know, X, Y, Z, and you can look at it with pride because that's your team, right? And I feel- Sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, not many times. <laughs> oh, I was no. being generous there, Mabel, yeah. you, know, you know how it is. Yeah, but- thanks, mate. But like Star Wars, guys, we 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 are like with the IP, guys. We are the IP, and we've been that since 1977. Yeah, no one else has been around this long doing it like this. You know, doing it this good, and it's kind of nice to see that. I don't know the people that were critical. Okay, personally, they might they might hold some weight to, for themselves or for people mm-hmm. that are maybe yeah, more like them. But for the most part, this film, Matty Boy, is loved and seen as near perfect for many people, many, yeah. many people. Well, that's right, mate. And it, it, it's interesting to note as well that I mentioned poor form from Empire for for downgrading their five out of five original rating from 2002 for Attack of the Clones down to something much more scathing. Uh, and you know, I said it's poor form because it is. You stick to your guns, but yeah. there there has been many. There have been have been many. Sorry, critics which I've been reading about in the past week, who were initially um, dismissive of Empire Strike Back, who have changed their tune in in the years that have passed. And again, whether that's hopeful, you'd hope to you'd hate to think that was because of the positive outcry support that somebody could then be like, oh, actually, yeah, I like it now as well. Or if they've let the kind of cult, the hype wash over them you see it with fresh eyes and think okay right and now i see what we're going for here but um yeah it's it's we don't need to sit here and t- to remind everyone about how good the film looks how good it sounds the cinematography is bonkers good uh and the the, the technical marvel because we've done that on the shows before and you already know that but it, we, we're here to talk about that initial reception you know some some fast critics loved it they thought it really took what a new hope did star wars did and went deeper with it and expanded it Others thought others were saying that actually, I think the magic might have gone. You know, I think they, 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 they're, they're setting this up for a series, and with it, they're taking away some of some of the wonder. You know, well, mm. it was either too is too mm. bleak. There was too much psychology in it. There's too much mysticism. It's you know, depending on who you looked, you were getting a different answer. Do you know what that says to me, mate? That is a film that is worth studying because there is no consensus. Some of the best films or series of all, or even albums, or whatever, all times, are the ones that nobody agrees on. Because if, yeah, if everybody agrees something is perfect, then what is there to talk about? It's those ones we mentioned in The Last Jedi and other things as well. You know, the films that get people talking, whichever side of the fence you sit on, you're not wrong. But it, but I, but it's getting a reaction out of you. It's getting you talking. It's making you think. It's making you discuss. And it's making you debate. The Empire Strikes Back did that, but it's now risen above that. Mm. And of course, there are people out there who still won't like it still. And that is totally fine. But it's risen above that initial mixed response to become one of the most beloved films of all time in any genre. And like you say, it's a Star Wars film, which is which is just brilliant for us fans who who hold Star Wars above anything else. And quite rightly, it should be. I get that back then. 
people may have been a bit, I don't want to say baffled by it, because that's almost too negative, but, you know, taken aback by it somehow, yeah. my friend. Yeah, but yeah. I think, mate, you know, it, it stood the test of time. I think it always will do, my friend. But it is always interesting to see what uh, people on the other side of the fence thought, eh? Absolutely. I mean, people would argue about if Vader was lying to Luke, you know? So, yeah. I'm not much has changed. <laughs> people argue about anything, I suppose. So, there we go. But Empire Strikes Back, we love you. We love you. This is Guy Henry, known for playing Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Well, you know that time of the week. We've spoken Star Wars for a little while. Always need to have a little drinky afterwards to get those levels back up again because the filth flows. And thankfully, we've pulled the Essex Falcon up outside our favourite dusty drinking hole, the Bantina. The only question that remains is, Luke, shall we? Uh, Let's do it. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? A libation. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Absolutely. Give me the spiciest drink you've got. Pour me another part, Kellen Sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? Yes, as we do each week, we sit down here with the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a couple of Kef beers, and we get your thoughts on our main discussion. So this week, we asked for your uh, original memories of watching The Empire Strikes Back, whether that is in the cinema back in 1980 or on VHS way, uh, way later than that. We just wanted to hear your memories and thoughts upon mm-hmm. first viewing. And we got some great responses from people who'd seen it in 1980, but also, you know, afterwards too. Many of us weren't there in 1980 to, to, to watch this. So it's great to get the diversity in opinions. But to start us off, we've got Albert Arrows, who says this. I saw it in the theatre in 1980, and it was my earliest movie memory. I absolutely loved it but it devastated me to the point where I couldn't really watch it again for a while. Afterwards, my parents took me to the toy store in the same mall that the theatre was in and bought me the Luke in Dagobah outfit figure. It was a magical night. Oh, interesting. Nice. Interesting stuff about couldn't really watch it again for a while. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a really interesting take, I think. Fresh take. And you don't hear that often, you know, so... Anyway, Uncle Bone, uh, lad, says this. First Star Wars film seen at the pictures, back-to-back with A New Hope in 1980. Oh, imagine that. So jealous. Uh, Mark Walker said, very vivid memory of the first time I saw it. ITV, which is a British um, TV channel. Sunday afternoon, grandparents' house. Late 80s, early 90s, Vader being Luke's father didn't really hit me as hard as Luke's hand being chopped off. I remember asking if he was faking it and <laughs> was convinced that at any moment he would pop <laughs> he would pop his hand back out of his sleeve and give Vader a slap. <laughs> I think in retrospect, I may have been judging him by my own standards, as that's definitely what I'd have done. Mark, you're an absolute <laughs> king, mate. I love that comment. 
Yes. Imagine if Luke... No! No, that's not possible! Slap! Yeah, that would have Slap. changed the, one of the great moments in cinema, but it would have been hilarious. So uh, from one mark to another, yes. Um, Jay Manchin, fabulous artist, check him out, said, Honestly, my initial love for Star Wars as a kid came from Jabba's palace creatures and also the cantina aliens. I love to pause mm. these scenes on my shaky VHS and see who I could spot. As the Empire Strikes Back didn't have a scene filled with as many space weirdos, it never really stood out to me, except for the bounty hunter lineup on the executor. I've come to love it so much more as an adult, but for this little weirdo, it didn't have enough squishy backgrounders to keep me as engaged, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And Rob C. Walton said, I introduced my wife, then girlfriend, to Star Wars when we met in about 2015. She had no idea that Vader was Luke's dad, so I got to watch her experience the twist properly. It was amazing to see someone genuinely shocked by it. She swore a lot. So, here we are. So, we've got two <gasps> two fun kind of opinions there. And Jay Manchin's, you know, for him, it wasn't, it didn't have the, the fuzzies and the cuddlies in the background to keep his attention when he was younger, which is interesting because, obviously, Jedi and Star Wars A New Hope are full of them. And Bobby mm. Walton, Rob C. Walton there, he got to see... You know, we we just take for granted now that everybody knows a twist. Everyone knows Darth Vader's Luke's dad. Surely, I mean, Homer told everyone in the queue. But um, being able to see that uh, revelation is is fantastic. And I I mean, I've had something similar, but not the Empire Strikes Back reaction. That must have been great. Can you imagine, mate? Somebody not knowing that I and can't. watching them. I can't. I actually can't imagine that. I think that is incredible. And I'd love. I'd really love to see someone react like that i really really would and uh, it's gonna happen hopefully it does because i I mean saying that it's so hard to find someone who doesn't know about this because as star wars makes new media it still keeps it relevant so that story will always kind of be present for many people but um the interesting one i thought as well was jay's comment about Mm -hmm. empire I kind of relate to that as a kid. As a kid, I thought the more interesting one was Return of the Jedi as well. Yeah. Just because I think there was just more to it. I just, as as a kid, it drew me in a lot more than Empire did. I always thought Empire was kind of a bit more dark and, you know, a slower too. And yep. I've definitely, I've definitely grown to appreciate it more growing up. You know, now I'm an adult. It, it, looking at Empire, there is just so many layers to this film. So... Yeah, great, great comments on this uh, this week, Matty Boy. Yep, fabulous. So thank you, everyone, who sent in their comments this week. And we've got so many filthy ones of people's recollections and people's memories. We gave ours on episode two of Star Wars Sessions, so go back and check that one out uh, if you'd be so bold. But uh, thank you, everyone. If we didn't get around to uh, featuring you this week, please do continue to send us your comments and engagement, and we'll do everything we can to get you onto a future edition of the Bantina. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast. That's right, it's the spiciest part of the Butterbot Bantina is the Patreon question section, and we have some mad ones this week, Matty Boy. Are you ready? For the filth? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. man. Okay. To, to, to start us off is our boy, the clone himself, Scott Fisher. 
Scott asks, what do you reckon the Bad Batch crew will get up to in Season 2, as well as the role Sniperhead will play in Empire in Season 2? Plus, how many drinks do you think I can uh, down at the Zoom watch along <laughs> on Friday? No, I've only I've added I've, I've added that bit. My boy Scott had a great time. He had a great time. Uh, it was just the bad batch question for Scotty boy. What do you reckon <laughs> about that, Matty boy? Uh, well, for the booze, about uh, six or eight cans of cider. But um, for the bad batch, this is awful. I was thinking sniper. What's his actual name? Crosshair, of course. What do I reckon the I Bad Batch crew are going to get up to in Season 2? Right, well, we obviously, at the end of Season 1, they went to the, the planet which is renowned for its cloning facilities. Oh, well, we ended on that um, shot, sorry. So I think we're going to find out more about what the what's happening in the galaxy in terms of cloning, because we know that, again, spoilers, Camino is gone, Topoka City is gone, which is a heart-wrenching scene mm. for me to watch because mm. I love Camino. But mm-hmm. um, we're going to find out more about the experiments that are going on. Omega is, of course, the uh, the sister of Boba Fett for all intents and purposes. He is the Alpha, she is the Omega. So we're going to find out more about that. We're going to find out more about Omega. And with the book of Boba Fett, which will be in the rearview mirror by the time this comes out, I have a feeling we may see Boba Fett show up as well. And really? I mean, whether or I do. I do. I don't yeah. know. Again, I don't know if we're going to see Omega in the book of Boba Fett. See our socials for that. But um, the, you know, the, I, I, I think they've introduced her as a reason, and they've they've made that link between her and Boba clear in the first season. So uh, how that would work, I don't know. But there's going to be at least sixteen episodes to make it work. I don't know if they do it in the second season, but I do think we're going to have some kind of interaction between the two of them. Um, so I think that's going to happen. I think we're going to find out more about the the cloning facilities that are going on and the kind of the batches. They're going to be faced with some tough decisions based around that. And I think in terms of cross, I mean, also on, on that, I have no idea at the minute. I don't know where the Bad Batch are going to go because they're on the run. Uh, they are now very much fugitives. They're on the run. They've, uh, they've met, they were present when Camino City got blown up and probably part of the reason. Um ramparts after them other than that I don't know what's going to happen with them in this season but I am intrigued to find out I think Omega's going to have a big lot to do this season again I'm excited to see where she ends up but Sniperhead Crosshair he's coming back to the Bad Batch in this season um, I remember at the end of last season they tried to rehabilitate him and found out that you know he did order 66 off his own back which I think was a wonderful revelation but I think I think he's coming back I think he's going to see that the Empire there isn't that brotherhood there isn't that family they are trying to phase the clones out of which he is one so I think that um, Sniperhead's going to see the light and I do think that he's going to be going to come back to the Bad Batch in some way shape or form now, it, it's, it's almost hard to answer this because I, we don't know if there's going to be a season 3 if there's going to be a season 3 I think everyone survived if there isn't going to be a season 2 I think Sniperhead's going to bite it in this season I think I don't know about any of the other batch, but I think Crosshair's the most likely for the chop if this is the final season. But that's another ex- interesting question: is you know we don't know, we won't know until the season starts. But you know, is there potential for multi seasons? But that's what I think, mate. What about yourself? What do you think is happening in season two, and especially revolving Crosshair? Uh, tech is going to get his head chopped off. Tech is going to get his head chopped off accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> um, you heard it here first. 
Heard it here first, guys. Heard it here first. I think we're going to see more of the Empire. Um, I think we're going to see more of the Empire. And the fact that, yeah, with the cloning stuff, that tells me that we're getting into a larger story here. And I thought that was an interesting move. Um, it could be that we're starting to get seeds planted for Hear Me Out, Palpatine's resurrection. It could right. actually it be could that happen. early. The well, he was doing it. He was developing all this in the time of the Empire and before that. So there is precedence. Yeah, of course. It makes like tons of sense. And it makes sense that in The Mandalorian, they're carrying on that work and that research. Um, and we see that Gideon, that, that, that we, 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 we feel like that's the direction they're going in. Yeah. You know, and that's what Gideon is trying to do. He is a loyalist to Palpatine, although that's what, that's what I think. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if Bad Batch kind of leans into that, that plot. Um, I think other than that, it's going to be political. I want to see the, the, the state of the galaxy changing. I want to see more prequel and original crossovers. You know, yeah. people struggling with the idea of an Imperium, of the Empire ruling over them. Um, I think we'll see probably more of the early rebellion. And mm-hmm. hear me out, Matty Boy, I think we're going to see a tie into Andor. Oh. I think we will see... Uh, yeah, I think we'll see some bits that we'll see later on in the year in Andor. I, would, I really wouldn't be surprised. Just just little tidbits. Um, snipe ahead in the Empire. I, I think I'm going to agree with Matty Boy there. I think he's going to kind of play this part of a bit like, what was his name? Um, Kranus? What was his name in Rebels? Okay, oh, Callus. Um, Callus, thank you. Yeah, I think he'll be a bit like Callus. I think Snipe Ahead will just continue to to feel like you know what this empire ain't all that it's cracked up to be maybe that's what i think that's where that's yeah that's the direction i think they're going down so great question though scotty boy really really appreciate that mate yes nice one and chain codes i think they'll, they'll keep mentioning those chain codes as well um, of course so nice one scott course, uh, yeah. lads and ladies out there bad batch what's happening in season two crosshair where's where's he going what's happening to two old sniper head let us know uh, let us know about this next question as well from Matthew Bell, Big Boy Bell. He said, I have a uh, The Phantom Menace inspired question for you. So, Qui-Gon Jinn, I think we can all agree that he was a pretty smart and perceptive fella. With that in mind, do you think he knew Padme was the queen all along? Keep it spicy, fellas. Well, one thing we can promise you is we will keep it spicy. And as for your question, Lukey Boy, did Qui-Gon know Padme was the queen all along? Right. So we were talking a little bit about this on the watch along again, weren't we? So yeah. Actually, all of the guys on the, with Patreon uh, questions this week were on the watch along, which is cool, which is lovely to see. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, Matthew, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. I think it took him probably till halfway during the film, or maybe maybe not even that, to realise that she was the queen. I think he was so focused on getting off a of Tatooine and then getting hyper-focused or, 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 or drawn into Anakin's story that he didn't necessarily have time to look at the other stuff around him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I can't think of a t- specific time where Qui-Gon 
new. Oh, do you know what? I have a little suspicion about old Padme. You know, I, I just, I just did, I didn't get that vibe. Even on our rewatch, I didn't really get that vibe. Um, so it's a bit of a short answer, sadly. Uh, Matty boy, do, what do you think? Have you got anything that can enlighten us at all? Um, I, I think I said on the watch along that. I don't think he knew all along, but I think he twigged it before the the reveal was um, was made. Because I think also when when the reveal is made and Padme says, "I am Queen Amidala," and the way that Qui Gon sort of looks at Obi Wan, he's kind of like, "Yeah, yeah I, we, I, I, I knew it. I eventually knew it." Um, but now I think mm, I mm. think there's a few moments where you can tell that he doesn't. Like when when they get onto Tatooine. You know when he when he says you know the queen trusts my judgment handmaiden so should you i don't think he's just generally being a goon there i think he does actually believe that that is a handmaiden and he's saying to her look the queen's not here so what she doesn't know won't hurt her i think at the first you know on it's at some point on tatooine i think he twigs again like you i don't there might be a moment that we we just haven't seen the other day but i i can't think of it for the life of me but I think before the uh, revelation in Otoganga, I think it is. Was it on Otoganga? No, it was on Naboo. I think that's when we... Well, I think he knew before that. I don't know when, but I do think he twigged it beforehand. I don't think he knew all along, though. We love Qui-Gon, but I don't think mm. he is all-knowing, mate. Right, right, yeah. Because, again, I, I don't think it's not necessarily out of his reach. I just think... For me, the answer is that he was he was too busy thinking about Anakin. You know, yeah. by the time maybe yeah, that became more obvious. But even on the watch along, I said for years, especially as a kid, I that that whole decoy storyline thing that just confused the heck out of me. I didn't know <laughs> what was going on, and I didn't really care for it to be honest. But there we go. There we go. So, um, yeah, thank you very much, Matthew. And again, Matthew, Scott, they were great on the watch long. Really good fun. Brought the bants. And someone else who was great and brought the bants was Commander Lara Melaroon, um, who asked this. After serving as a Republic Senate Guards for years, you eventually phased out all of your roles by new by the new self-proclaimed emperor okay so this is like a um this is a uh, role-playing question lara and jack are fabulous at these questions they, they, they love it right so fast forward to today you are both tired of scraping by wiping tables in the old and dusty neighborhood cantina it's time to put your skills to use and make some real money so you decide to join a crime syndicate what syndicate are you joining and in what and what in the galaxy will you be doing for them? Smuggling, spying, perhaps even killing. Thanks, boys. Hope you're both staying safe and healthy. May the force be with you always. Um, Matty boy, I butchered the start of that question, but there you go, mate. Get immerse yourself in the galaxy far, far away. What's your answer? Galaxy far, far away, mate. Well, uh, shout out to Lara and Jack for for reenacting the duel of the fates during the climactic battle during the watch long one of the one of the fun moments of the watch long as for the question right i am bored of wiping tables um you know i've been in this game for a long time i want to try something new i've just noticed that there's an advertisement for for crimson dawn i'm thinking they sound great i'm going to join mm. crimson dawn why well kira and also 
yachts. You know, they, they hang out on yachts, man. You, you see, you see um, Dryden Voss's yacht and Kira's going to take over that. You've got to imagine that that kind of uh, lifestyle or that kind of um, surroundings is going to stay the same. So they, they're on their yachts. They've got all this galactic booze going around. They've got colo, colo, clawfish, you know, craw, well, you know, lovely food. They've got that thick geezer in a jar singing. There's money. There's power to be had. There is unlimited possibilities by the sounds of it with Crimson Dawn. You know, their reputation around the galaxy precedes them. So I think Crimson Dawn, I think, would be a safe bet. Uh, again, we don't quite. Well, we're getting a hint from the comics about Kira's leadership, but Dryden Voss would kill on sight if he did something mm-hmm. wrong. Kira, mm-hmm. I think she's ruthless, but we'll see. But Kira's cool. Mm-hmm. We like Kira, so I would be a slicer in the galaxy, a hacker. I would be because it means I've got in, when it when it comes to the killing. I don't want to. I don't want to be caught with like red hands. Yes, you can be as a hacker, but you can you can get away with it like, as a hacker. You can blend in to your surroundings so if i'm going to go and slice into somebody's uh, computer i can still wear a you know a, a spate a galactic tuxedo and have the have the uh, the entrees and still slip in get what i need get out nobody needs no if you're there to do a, a dirty job a killing or, or or roughing someone up there's a much higher chance of you getting caught and i'm not joining to get caught i'm joining to get rich to get fed and to uh, to live a good life for myself, and I think I could do that as a slicer or a hacker in real world terms, because you know there's, there's there's a lot less chance to be caught. And even if I do, I can you know I'll just find a way to use my hacking skills to get out of wherever they're containing me. But I think if you're if you're, if I was going to be a, a murderer or anything like that, then it was it was a lot harder to tr- uh, to cover my tracks. Plus. You get your, if people know who you are, your face is out there. You're going to get a bounty on your head straight away. You're more out there. You're more in the public eye if you are a, a bounty hunter or something like that. Whereas if you're a slicer slash hacker, the 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 risks are still there. But I think I've got a better chance of concealing myself from these um, nefarious other parties from the uh, undesirables who may want to rid the galaxy of my scourge. But I would go for Crimson Dawn, and I want to be a slicer, Luke. How are you answering Laura's question? Right, straight up. I'm going to be working for the huts. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to be working for the bad boys because I'm head of events for them. <laughs> and I'm setting up some, basically, I'm setting up this mad convention where I'm like, look, do you want to meet Jabba the Hutt? Then, wait, hang on. Imagine this. I'm in a bar and I'm hearing people, oh, I love the huts. Oh, I love Jabba. I go over to them. I've got death stick in death stick upon hand, and I'm like, <laughs> "You want to? Uh, you want to meet a hut?" And they're like, "Yeah, I love huts." I'm like, "Well, I know a guy called Jabba. I hear he's Clint Eastwood's walked in. I hear he's quite the catch." <laughs> <laughs> this is Jabba hut we're talking about, guys. And then they're like well yes sign me up and um i'm like well this convention this time excel center east london <laughs> here are your tickets mate <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd be running conventions for the huts it'd be like we could do gaming conventions Ooh. we could go to we could do um you know you, you're talking about yachts you know we could do a yacht convention sponsored yeah, by the huts yeah I'm there. We could link up. 
Yeah, you got a business and you're like, oh, let me go to HutCon 2022. <laughs> um, why do you want to go? Well, I want to meet Jabba. I want to sort out some security for my pub because I keep getting in trouble. No problem, mate. No problem. Come HutCon. There's a slicer it's, there who will sort you out. It's the, it's the convention of dreams, people. So that's my answer. That's what I'd be doing, Lara. And... Um, uh, you know, I, that's I can't wait to update my LinkedIn to say that I am <laughs> event manager at Hut. It's just Hut, Hut Inc. Yeah. <laughs> Hut LLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm that's here it, for that, mate. But I'm here. Mate. No, Thanks. I think I'd like. Well, I'd like to jump on that as well because I'm a slicer. I'll get you in if you need to. I'll get you some codes, some discounts that uh, yeah. the uh, the Holonet wouldn't usually give you. So uh, I'll sort you out, mate. I'll sort you out. I know you would, but that's the sort of guy you are, you know? You're just a naughty little, naughty man. Thank you, my friend. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, so there we go, a slicer for Crimson Dawn and an events manager for the Huts. Let us know what you would be if you were uh, going to join a syndicate and what would you be doing for them? Lara, we want to hear your answer as well. Same for you, Matt Bell. Same for you, Scotty Fisher. And everyone listening, let us know your answers to the questions we have just been asked so thank you so much for uh, giving us those questions i hope you enjoyed our answers as much as we enjoyed giving them however bartender sorry about the mess but that is that for our time this week in the bantina but you know we're going to be back same time again next week in the bantina ladies and gentlemen it's the Star Wars Sessions Game! Game! Yes, that's right. It is the circus part of the show. Every week, we end the show with a cheeky game, just for the bants. Just for the bants. And this week, is my turn to host the game. Matty Boy, are you ready for this jelly? yeah yeah all right yeah, this am. is cool this is called through the keyhole with lloyd grossman <laughs> lloyd grossman and back edition lloyd grossman, grossman. <laughs> aha it's getting a little bit um alan partridge alan <laughs> partridge alan if you don't know who lloyd grossman is google him it's, it's he's great and if you don't know who Alan Partridge is, Google him. He's great. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm going I'm to say maybe a few words yep. uh, or maybe a sentence. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you clues. And you have to guess what Empire Strikes Back character this is. Oh, um, I suck and just at these to let games. You know, it isn't a main character. None of these will be main characters. They, right. they might be considered background characters okay excellent right yeah so, so it's you even want more me to, you want me to identify the character that you are going to drop some clues for yes right yeah. okay but through the key because that really it's nothing to do with through the keyhole i just <laughs> yeah, wanted yeah. to reference that through the keyhole and you know imagine you're looking through the keyhole and you you know is that is that a, a, a human is that an alien i don't know maybe do you know what I mean? So that's where I got it oh, from. No, I, I'm not good at these games, but we're here for the bants in the pants. So let's do it. Right. <laughs> yes. Exactly how I would describe it too. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, 
A surgical droid. A surgical droid. Now, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Um, the one that fixes Luke's hand. Yes. Yes, yes. I'll give you that. I don't Do you know, know his name? name? Uh, SRGL droid. <laughs> I like it. It's T1, T, uh, 2-1-B. No, oh, I, I did not T- know that. T1B. Yeah, he's 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 um quite a f- he's quite popular, especially amongst action figure collectors. Okay, um, have you got I him? Te- no, I haven't. I want him. I really okay. want him. You know, I want I want power of the force. Everything, of course, mate. <laughs> I tell you what, I did pick up that um fiftieth anniversary Star Wars droids Boba Fett. God, you know the you one with dog. the vintage. Uh, like card back. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I saw a, somebody sent us some of those the other day. A picture. I was like, these look. These are. These classic. Yeah, they. Oh, mate, they, those. They. They are beautiful. So I picked that up from Nerd Boost the other day. Good lad. Oh, Good lad. Delicious. Delicious. Right. Okay. This one's going to be a little bit harder. No. Commander of Echo Base. Commander. Oh. <sighs> Of Echo oh, Base. No, I can picture him because I think he's, he's or Leia's speaking with him. Um, Reekin. Yes! You're joking. It's Reekin in here. Reekin of victory. <laughs> yeah. What? Yes, my How son. How did you know that? Because he's, uh, he had a story about him in the from a certain point of view book. But I know oh. he's literally the only one I know, I think, I think from that like scene or Echo Base sequence. Yeah. You, you, you are a naughty boy. Well done, mate. Okay, so I'm going to count that as I'm going to count that as uh, two for two. <sighs> yes. All right. Okay. You ready for the next one, mate? I think so. Uh, this is a win. I've already okay. got two. So, yep. Okay. Three words: general, cockpit, eighty eighty. Uh, General, is it is it is it Veers who's in the cockpit? Oh General my day, Maximilian yes. Veers. Very <laughs> 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 naughty. No, it doesn't work. Veers, no, we'll, we'll, we'll skip. No, that it one. is no, no, no. I like that. We'll step. Okay. Very naughty. It's very <laughs> naughty. And we throw the keyhole. <laughs> yes, we're veering into dangerous territory with these puns. Oh, oh, oh. we love it. You love it. Kids love <laughs> it. Right. Okay. Next one. <laughs> bald guy with headphones <laughs> oh, low bot bald guy low bot yes he's gotta be low bot bald guy Lo- with headphones <laughs> low bot for bald life bald guy bows okay alright are you ready for the last one oh yeah you're, you're 100% right now okay oh, don't so say all, that it's, it's all resting on this mate boy it's all oh. resting on this Ice cream. Oh no, I remembered his name the other week and I can't remember it now. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, uh, If you don't know, yes, (laughs) yes, very good. Some may say it's so good. So good. (laughs) Well done, mate. Well done. Right. If you do not know, if you do not know that clue, there is a guy in the Empire Strikes Back called Will Rohood who runs around in the background (laughs) uh, in Bespin. 
and he's holding an ice cream maker. <laughs> Just because I guess it looks Star Wars, kind of Star Warsy. Yeah, but, yeah. And, there we go. And they repurposed, and then they, and then they called it a Camtono and repurposed it for the Mandalorian, which is yes. great. Just yes. fantastic. Yeah, you see that in uh, the first chapter, second chapter uh, of Mando. Yes, yeah, yeah. When he takes it to um, the client, Werner Herzog's clients. I would like to see the ice cream. <laughs> I would like to see the toppings. I miss that guy. I really miss the client and Me Werner too. Herzog's just rest in wonder. peace. I miss. I do. Do you like to Rape. have? Was it share a libation to celebrate our shared narrative or whatever the closing oh, of our shared what narrative? What a line! Come what on. a line! Bernard what written a line. that himself as well. He's a naughty boy, but mate, I am so pleased to to get a. I think it's only one of a few hundred percent on the game, so I'm here for that. Now you smash that, mate! Gold medal, gold medal for you, gold medal for me, gold medal for Lloyd Grossman. <laughs> yeah. gold, gold medal for everyone, including Garza Whip as well. You can have a gold medal because I've just seen a post with her in it. So that's why I mentioned Garth. Oi, oi. However, however, she didn't get 100% on the game. <laughs> Mate, no, she didn't get 100% did. on the game. Yeah, I did. So, uh, yeah, flip that. However, uh, to just to deflate the balloon somewhat, that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions, episode 146. We're hammering it towards episode 150. And we're going to have a bit of fun with that episode, which you're all going to be a part of. And we'll... We'll, we'll indulge you in that in the next week or two. So, the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. Search for us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Just search Star Wars Sessions and we will be there. Uh, do you fancy dropping us a voice note or an email? Ping us at hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. UK. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Amazon, Stitcher, TuneIn, everywhere in the galaxy that you can find a podcast, you will find us there. And if you love our show, please consider leaving us that good review, those five stars on your podcast platform of choice, which now includes Spotify. As we've mentioned, five stars helps the show grow, it introduces new listeners, and it's another way to hear from more of you each and every week. Yes, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats. Tell Lobot himself. (laughs) Tell your cousin, tell your Ewok, the more the merrier. The castle's spicier. Yes, tell General Maximilian Veers that this is the podcast you're looking for. But until next time from me, see ya. And from Luke. May the force be with you always. Luke, space friends. Oh, space friend. We are space friends. We yeah. are. Hill row wood. <laughs> Spoonerism strikes back. Cheeky. They are Essex-based podcast heroes.
No. I am your father. Tell that to Kanji Club. <laughs>